0: Hey guys, Aaron here, and today on the show, I interview Sev. He was a school teacher, now he's a TikTok sensation with over 1.1 million followers. Yeah, just an amazing chat. i learned heaps. Hopefully you guys do too. And yeah, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, see you guys. Word from the sponsors, FIFO by Aaron Weston, a hilarious novel about all the dodgy stuff that happens in the FIFO industry. Also, FIFO number two, how a drug dealer became a FIFO worker. And we got, for the kids, Australian Mining Machines. We are Australian Firefighters, Mining Machines Colouring In Book, Australian Defence Force Machines, Australian Surf Lifesavers, Australian Police Vehicles and Australian Paramedics. All available under The Aaron White Show on TikTok and Instagram. Also under Children's Books by Aaron White on Facebook. All right, let's get into it. Hi everyone and welcome to The Aaron White Show. Today I have a fantastic guest, Sev. Sev is a he was he was a school teacher. Now he's a TikTok sensation. He has over one point one million followers. Welcome to Joe, Sev.
1: Thanks, Aaron. Thanks you for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: You're most welcome. Hey, today I just want to hear a story, like how and where you grew up, and any life changing events, and how you end up doing what you're doing today.
1: Um, start with just um, yeah, migrated from the former Soviet Union. Um, a a former province which is now known as Kyrgyzstan and uh, moved here in 97, came here and didn't know any English and uh, yeah went straight into school, learnt English, figured that out, got into playing footy and um, then uh, during high school moved to Kalgoorlie for a little bit, learnt uh, the country life there And I was fortunate enough to go over three different sort of demographics where, you know, I had the foreign aspect, the country Aussie aspect, and then the city Aussie aspect. So covered all three there. And, um, yeah, I moved back to Perth um, after I finished high school in uh, hopes of chasing my AFL dream and started playing in the waffle for eight years halfway through that um, career, um, I picked up a camera because I had an ACL injury and uh, was out for 12 months. And also during that time, I was doing a teaching degree. Um, 2017, I wrapped up my footy career, lost my passion for it completely. I don't even watch footy anymore and um, finished my degree in the same year and began teaching. Then, uh, so that was one massive moment for me, was the ACL injury uh, back in 2015, where I was uh, unable to play for the entire season, um, because I did it in the prelim, I think it was 2014. And then, yeah, 2015 was a complete write-off, so that's where I started to really get into my photography and my creative side. Um, Something that I could do individually without anyone refereeing or another teammate, competing against or letting me down or me letting them down um, so that was that and then after 2017 when I became a full-time school teacher um, I just said sweet I've done my studies I don't have a dedicated sport to commit to I'm just going to teach see how that goes and also whilst I uh, began to really get take my photography seriously I remember I um, started doing random tours around Perth Um, We're just random people from Instagram. And I really enjoyed that. And uh, that started to blow up really quickly within a couple of months. Um, Went from one to two people coming and hanging out with me in the city, taking photos to 120 people rocking up for an event within three months. And uh, this was during a time where Instagram uh, stories came out. So I had a little bit more of a, hey, let's myself in the front of the camera on Instagram and start talking in the story section. And uh, that was like the prelude of uh, where I was going for on TikTok. TikTok came about in 2019 when my students were using it and I was like, what's this? This is cool. I'll I'll check it out as well. And then I uh, kind of used my Instagram stories experience to just share those 15, 30 second um, moments with uh, on 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 TikTok. Didn't think much of it until the students started finding my content on TikTok. I didn't even advertise that. And um, yeah, long story short, the kids loved it. I posted more. It grew, and then all at the same time, um, just before 2020 started, I decided to take my photography full time for a year to see how it happens to see what would happen and uh as the pandemic hit i went back to school part-time just to you know pay the bills and this was the perfect time for my tiktok to really blow up because i had more time at home and people were glued to their phone more than ever before and it just it just was good timing so that was another part of a, a big moment for me where um i managed to leverage tiktok whilst the major- majority of the attention was on there that any other moment in time on social media most people were bored at home in lockdown or you know restricted and yeah they were in their on their phones and that but um from there pretty much i i didn't need to go back to school after 2020 and i haven't looked back since and uh with the help of TikTok, building my own personal brand um, organically, completely organically, and with no real kind of clue or strategy behind it. I just enjoyed what I did, photography first, then video, and then just talking like I am now, putting it out there and uh, was like, okay, I'm going to put out some videos about my business just to see what happens. And then next minute, it was a... a closed shut case of booked out for the next two years as a wedding photographer and odd jobs here and there for shooting people's families with a camera and um, doing odd jobs for things like uh, for people like doctors and, and shooting in theater and taking photos of their procedures and doctors have got good money <laughs> they, they, they pay well uh, for, for content like that and uh, now I've uh, been able to extend that experience and, and, um, and what I've done um, to places like LinkedIn and talk about it. And now companies are hiring me to advise them and their marketing team and agencies. Marketing agencies are coming to me saying, can you teach us how to leverage our business, our company, our clients on TikTok the way you did for yourself and your own business? So that's the nutshell of it all, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm looking to start my own agency, and fully go all in on that for the next few years. See how it happens, while still maintaining my um, personal brand. I don't really like calling it an influence, but when you do have some sort of leeway and and uh, perspective to help other to help guide others, I'm more of a guide than an influence because. I don't want to influence someone to go, this is what you have to buy. I want to kind of go, this is what I use. And that's very important to me, that integrity. This is what I've been using for the last X years. I highly recommend it. And I can speak with full confidence because it is purely from my observation and um, it's a true testimonial. And with that, because of that, I feel that organic um, sharing is why this has been so successful. There's no money grab here. There's no, oh yes, let me take that offer um, for that much money from you and I'll post it to my followers. There's never been a time like that. It's always been, who can I leverage to get free stuff off that I need, (laughs) like computers or whatever, and post it and promote it and say, thank you for that. I'm going to promote you guys because you helped me out. So same with like what I'm wearing now this hoodie sneak peek to um the winter coming up uh local brand a uh, friend of mine and I said hey I like this hoodie I'll wear it as much as I can over winter in all of my winter TikTok videos let's do it and he's like yeah no problem and I believe in the I believe in the product um and since identifying that I noticed a few gaps in the market in the marketing world where agencies are failing to really push that forward into the brands that hire them they're the middleman but they're sort of like the um, take all the profits as much profits as we can and you know the campaigns are not as great so they don't really connect the right creators slash influencers with the brands to come up with a a really good um outcome Um, unless they pump a lot of money into ad spend. So my mission with this is to come in and go, you can do both. It's good if you do organic and paid, um, but you don't need to waste all your money into paid ads. There's a way to build your brand where it becomes um, more so from the organic side where you can save money and let it build all time, just like Nike does like McDonald's, those two places don't really need to market anymore because they're a colossal because they have that community. They have that kind of um, generational, hey, Michael Jordan used Nike. I want to use Nike now, you know, even though he's technically a a brand label. Um, But yeah, what I'm trying to say is any new brands or companies starting out or I'm not really into the social media space, they need to find people that already would love them uh would 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 be able to you know talk bells and whistles about them and uh promote them not some random person who's just doing it for a paycheck so yeah that's where I'm at right now.
0: All right. So with your agency are gonna employ are you gonna hit up um TikTok people or Instagram people to come on board. Tell us how, how that works. So if you're gonna you found like a good tiktok influencer who just tell us how you're gonna find your clients and stuff like that
1: so i'm trying to find people that have good charisma natural charisma um, that, that come in with intent that can actually um put the message across and it depends on what industry it is because if you're a lifestyle influencer um talking about, you know, the home and the outdoors, I'm not going to get you to promote a a computer um, program or an app. Yeah. Unless it's obviously niche to the lifestyle. Um, But uh, I have also this talent. So I've been told that I can grab almost anyone and get them to seem like they can organically pitch that product. Like they use it all the time which is, you know, what a good director can do with an actor in playing in a role. But in, in saying that, movies have casting people that cast the right people that can do that role properly. And there's auditions and stuff. Whereas in social media, you look at people's content that has already been made. That's their audition tape. It already exists. And that's a clue for if you want to become a creator slash influencer make your highlight reel, make your make your audition tapes as your content because brands are looking, they're looking for people that are already using that content. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that's already done it because TikTok specifically, they've got something called spark ads, which means I can go to someone else's account, find a video that is already talking about the product. And I just message them and say, hey, you, this video is perfect for our campaign do you mind sending us the authorization code that you, they, they can generate with this so long as they don't have copyright music, which is a tough one. Um, so let's say they have an organic sound or that's just their voice with the review and no um, commercial music slapped in the background. They can send me a code and I can boost that on behalf of the brand that hired me to make this ad campaign without reposting the video, without downloading anything. It's just a white label video done coolest thing about that is is if people go to their profile it doesn't appear as an ad if they're looking at it from their profile it appears separately on the for you page and even better their views and engagement goes up for that video for their channel so it's a win win right and that's the approach that um, the companies and the brands are starting to take now and they're not utilizing it correctly yet because they're going straight into not spark ads, but proper ads that are too commercial looking that you'd see on TV and pre-roll YouTube and things like that. The UGC is the most important thing that will come out over the next couple of years, user-generated content, where it's just literally the person talking about the product. And the, the, the difference, the, the variable of success or of a successful video is literally the compassion in that person. Are they actually genuinely excited about this, or are they doing it for, you know, just because that so they paid? And I, coming back to my skill of being able to bring that emotion out, even if it's for the first time. Whereas some people can, can be shy, even though they genuinely like the product or the service that they've just received. You can be a good typewriter, be a good copywriter. And everybody can read Google reviews and stuff like that and go, oh yeah, cool. That's a five-star review. Cool. These can be faked. But what can't be faked is these videos, these user-generated um, content videos. I'm not saying that I can pull out phony, a phony message from my people. I can just really amplify the authenticity to make it real good. Um, one cool thing about this is uh, the uh, in America, the insurance companies are actually asking their um, their clients when they fill out a an insurance claim to record a video of them talking about what happened. And insurance claims have gone down because one, people are not comfortable in front of the camera and two, they're not comfortable about lying in front of the camera. So you can see how many people have bailed out of that. And with that is a dead giveaway of what is to come with content, video, visual, audio, person, human element content to help people go, all right, I've seen all the Google reviews. I want to see someone talking about it in person. I want to be that there. Because the best form of uh, marketing is word of mouth. So when someone tells someone about it, it's like, oh, where did you where did you get the? How did you find me? Oh, old mate told me. If that becomes a video of that person telling that person, and I'm posting it, I, I want I want that. That's that's the best content, and that's come with two years of doing that with uh, my photography. Um, anytime someone gives me a review, I'm like, do you mind if I can record that? Can we do a Zoom call and I can interview you and I can record it and that can be a testimonial. Nobody's doing this for some reason. Nobody. And the, I think the reason for that would be because the person on the other end is, again, too shy and too awkward or a little bit hesitant of being on the internet with their face or the person that wants to market themselves doesn't realize it yet and doesn't see the value in it. And that's where I'm going. It's not just TikTok. It's how you grab someone's attention. And the best way to do that is with someone talking about the
0: product. There's nothing better. All right. I've got heaps of different questions. But one, when you, because I know you said that you started off with Instagram and you went up interviewing people randomly and then you had to put yourself in front of the camera. Were you nervous putting yourself in front of the camera or that didn't phase you?
1: Uh, Initially, I remember the first time because when I started doing stories on Instagram, I was just putting up like new posts And I would just be uh, sharing my own post in a new post with a fancy writing. And I would be putting different graphics around like hashtag graphics and stuff. And then someone told me one day, I'll never forget this, but they said, Seb, why don't you, you're pretty outgoing already. Why don't you put yourself, turn the camera around, put it on yourself and talk about whatever it is, just do it. And I was a bit hesitant, but then I was just like, what have I got to lose? And the difference in that was, If someone does judge me, because I grew up in a toxic footy environment, I had all the boys, you know, they would roast me. Um, But at the same time, looking back, it wasn't really toxic. It was just banter, really. And, you you know, some people can see as bullying, but I was just like, you know what? It helped me strengthen myself. I was hesitant because of it. But now I'm stronger because I'm like, who cares? If they're laughing with me, great if they're laughing at me, great. They're, they're, they're watching my content. That's a win. So I said, stuff it, let's do it. I had a bit of a resistance at first. I had some mates going, what the fuck? Why are you, why are you doing this? Who are you? And then like a few years later, you have a podcast yourself. What are you doing? Okay. 28 year old white male. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then now I'm like, well, oh, shit, it's got me on a billboard buses. I'm on TV ads. YouTube pre-roll, and I'm two years in, barely. So if I had gone back then and not pulled the trigger on that, gotten that confidence to then be able to go stuff it, I'm just going to bang out a TikTok right here, right now. Everyone's around because I don't care about anyone judging and thinking it's weird. I love that, by the way. I I think it's hilarious. When When someone is uncomfortable because it's not normal for them, I think that's hilarious. I don't want to disrupt people's day. They disrupt their own day by going. That bothers me. But instead, instead of them saying that bothers me, uh, they say this bothers people. Mm, no, it doesn't. It bothers you. <laughs> so then I'm just like, well, you're not you're, you're not my audience. And if you're not my audience, then that's fine because I'm not for everybody. And with that mindset, I feel invincible. And um, but in saying that, I don't allow myself to become complacent where i get to the point where i say something far out that you know is a little bit left field and dangerous and cancelable and uh i've, I've come a few times close a few times and some some of those times i feel that i did wasn't really that bad it was just the whole pc universe coming together and going nah that's offensive no it's not offensive you're offended
0: yeah Tell us about the whole twisties um, bathing suit thing. Was that a sp- paid sponsorship or did you, what happened there? Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, with that, an agency approached me. Um, one of the top agencies in the world, actually, who have twisties as a client. Um, there's an NDA there somewhere, so I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say who it is, but if they look it up, then i am probably figure it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, they approached me and I was just like, wow, you guys, that's cool. And yeah, we started talking and we started going, this is our idea. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Sweet. And, uh, my writer, Dave, he came up with a few extra ideas and they loved how I went over above and beyond because, you know, looking at how other influencers do it, other creators do it. They have the one idea and then just run with it. I gave them five ideas and they were already keen on doing another campaign with me after that. But uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. I've got a funny, interesting story. I haven't shared about this actually um, on, online um, because the campaign is still currently live, um, but I'll keep the names uh, separate to protect the innocent and guilty. Um but in that twisties campaign in the video, there was a moment where I was playing indoor footy. I don't know if you remember that bit.
0: Remember the net? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I was running around and uh, that, that day I was shooting. And then um, the people of the other brand that I'm a part of, um, the marketing team messaged me a message a screenshot of someone who took a photo of me from behind the net. And they said, this guy's doing public nudity, just FYI. And he comes in at this time of day, uh, every weekday at this time. So someone behind my back took a photo of me in my buddy smugglers. You know, it's a bit bit weird then already. And uh, yeah, went to my bread and butter and said, hey, just so you know. Uh, So I was a bit cowardly, you know. Um, it boiled my blood a little bit, but nothing, there was nothing to it because I didn't do anything wrong. And the people that hired me for my other campaign love me. And they say, that's you. (laughs) That's why we hired you in the first place. Um, but there are other times when that could be a little bit like, oh, depending on who it is and that's fine. I don't deal with them. If they want to drop me for that, because I'm having fun, then (laughs) I want to promote your stuff. But yeah, with twisties, that was, uh, that was a fun one. That was really cool. And you know, that we did a separate video on their account that I was part of that I was actually introducing and it got over a million views. So that was cool. Um but uh yeah, growing up with twisties, you know, like being a kid and eating them nowadays, I don't really eat them as much. And it was still cool to promote something that I loved from my childhood. And going back to the whole integrity thing, I don't eat twisties every day, obviously. Some people can call me out and say, why are you promoting junk food to kids? And I'm like, well, you live once. And if I'm promoting the junk food and you're complaining about it, especially if you're trying to protect your kids from bad food, then you should give them that education to help regulate it. Or it's your call, you know. Um, It's not like every kid's going to buy twisties and eat them every day from me. I mean, that'd be a great campaign success, but at the same time, (laughs) i'll follow up with a message saying i notice everybody's eating twisties now but just chill out for a bit you know look after yourself and make sure you eat your meat that's it <laughs>
0: don't eat vegetables <laughs> what was your first sponsorship yeah i don't know i don't remember oh is that, that far ago ago.
1: Mm, i just have a really shit memory um far out uh
0: it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be your first one
1: um the most distant one probably a uh i think i did like some sort of thing for camera electronic which i'm there i'm sponsored by them now too um they sent me out like um like when i was doing those tours um i approached them and uh they gave me a hundred dollar voucher to give away for a during the the tour for um, best photo of the night so that was cool um i guess that counts um and then following up from that they sent me a uh, a product uh where you it's like an off-camera flash um from pro photo but for the phone and i was just like that's really cool so the app like in, in camera app um yeah the flash would fire off and it was really cool so i did a little bit of a promotion there and this was before tiktok as well so that was cool um for 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 tiktok promotions uh um i think i did some sort of like computer thing and where i got a couple of uh, uh like a keyboard and i did that um and just promoted where i got it from you can buy it online so that was cool um but yeah the most fun one was definitely probably twisties uh and then there's a few others in the pipeline that i'm going to do because i want to get back into gaming as well that's a really fun one to get into and more universal
0: cool that's just i have a couple of questions all right teach me so i'm i'm on tiktok now i've got a couple hundred thousand followers how do i get um sponsorship how do i go about do I reach out to brands? I've, I've linked up with a, not a creative, fund, but, um, I've selected the option on TikTok that, sat, that sat, allows brands to see my content and hit me up if that, they're interested. Yeah. But how would I go about doing that?
1: Uh, from my own personal journey and how I did it was I just kept posting every day. Um, at my peak, I was posting over 10 times a day, but that's me that was, I was just loving posting videos, just any random idea post, see how it goes. You know, I was addicted to going viral. Right. Yeah. But I was more addicted to just, just the craft. And now I've not mastered it, but really, it's really good. Especially when people are paying me to teach them. Um, But people reach out to me. I don't have a brand. uh, I don't have an agency behind me management or anything like that. I tried originally, like, Half a a million followers ago, I tried to reach out to them, but they weren't interested. So I was just like, weird. But I guess, you know, (laughs) they're lost because uh, I get to negotiate for myself and take all the cut. Um, But uh, I've also done a bit of research behind this um, in terms of brands, uh, agencies, and how they manage other people, uh, other influencers. Their negotiation skills are shit. So I don't want a, a management pl- place to, to pitch out for me. Um, the ones that, that I've come across anyway. But um, yeah, for me, they just reach out to me. the email uh, and on TikTok, the, it comes up with a little notification. I got one yesterday, actually. Um, but the details I had to give through the app. I had to like give my passport and stuff. And I was just like, no, thanks. I don't need... Why do you need my passport for like this is, this is a, yeah, nah, don't think so. So I pulled that one, um, even though they said it was like some music thing, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, emails, I'd probably get two or three a week now. Um, but I think if I was to reach out to people, I would have a, a solid template. I would have a, a plan, like tell them how I would do it. I would have content ready for them to look at, like like content, like an example, either something that I've made or someone else has made that's gone viral and say, I can make this for you guys. What do you think? And, uh, you know, talk about different rates and packages. Don't just give them one figure, give them different options because it gives them a choice, not a yes, no answer. And that's part of Chris Voss's um, Never Split the Difference book, which I highly recommend everybody, anyone in business that is quoting anything to people read that book because that's life-changing Chris Voss never split the difference um in his book he said to you know you need to have different different um entry points and never ask someone a a yes no question or avoid a yes no question um sorry yes no answer to the question that you're asking so um I would go and give them options and make it be creative enough in your writing, which is what I struggle with. um, Hence why I just make videos and don't bother um, to give them an option and make it look like it's their loss. If they don't go with one of their packages or just trial it out or give it a go and then offer up a more, a retainer after creators, creators aren't doing this. And I feel like you don't even need 5,000 followers to do this as long as you're creative enough and you want to learn from it. The other thing is fear of rejection. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get, you're going to get slapped down, ghosted, no response. You just got to keep trying 50, hundred attempts, but make sure you tailor every email, every direct message to that company brand, whatever do not cut and paste the same shit it's that's that's silly idea i told that to one person after he showed me the uh the setup his his dm template and i was like are you sending the exact thing to everybody he's like yeah i'm like change it and within two weeks he started getting responses back and bookings and that was it so tailor your message give them value in the message and package it so that they have options
0: can you tell me the different packages like if i because i'm most of my stuff's like because I work out, I don't work FIFO, I work drive in, drive out, but it's the same type of thing. So I'm always in the high V's. So if I'm going to hit up Hard yaka to see if they want to sponsor me and do some sort of thing there, what would I hit them up with? Like, can you give me an example of the packages? Would it be like charge, do one post, a series of posts and how much roughly would I charge?
1: Um, I'd look at, um, I'd look at what they're already doing and seeing if they've they're already got a, a campaign or like a system with that. And if they don't, it may be a bit tougher, or it can maybe a, be a, a new proposal in, of interest for them. Um, the only problem with that is it depends on who the decision maker is. Is it the marketing person or is it the higher up with the directors? Um, and you need to have the decision maker at the end of the line to, to talk to, because Chinese whispers, come down and you will be um, out of luck by the time it gets to the decision maker. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing people don't realize. The next thing is in terms of packages, this is where just trial and error comes in, you know, in the first month you may not get it right at all, but in the second year, you will know exactly what to say, what to price yourself. And you'll be able to probably be comfortable with walking away from their rejection because you know your value. Most creators coming into the game, they don't know their value and you just need to have a baseline goal and go from there. The other thing is if you, want, if you don't want to do drive in, drive out anymore and you want to do this as your main thing, we're going to re- re- reverse engineer everything I just said and start with what is your ultimate figure or let's go first year figure that you want to make, right? So this is talking about rates now and um, reverse engineer that with how many brand deals you want to make, you want to do in a year to make that sum. And then it's just a matter of dividing that sum by the f- uh, by the number of clients, number of promotions, number of sponsorships you want to do. So let's say, for example, 100,000, and you do 100 sponsored posts in a year, divide 100,000 by uh, 100, you've got $1,000 per sponsored post. Done. And don't take any less than that. That's it. You can do a 200 posts um, because you don't feel like you have enough value or enough audience reach with uh, your 200,000 followers. Then, hey, 200 posts, sponsored posts. If you can do one or two every week, there's your uh, there's your 50 to 100 there. If you can do two or more, there's your 200. So it's all math based first. And then you go from there. But most people just go start with, all right, let's get someone, which is great. You know, you, you, you got to get your first one out of the bat. But it's actually easier when you have a starting point and a finishing point in mind. And then you can just fill in the middle and then strategize from that, just like any business plan. Um, so that's what I did with my weddings, right? So with my weddings, is my dog. Uh, with my weddings, I had... Um, um, my goal was to make a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And to do that, I needed to do like 30 weddings or 40 weddings at the rate that I was, um, that I was doing. And I, and, and to, to accomplish that because weddings are booked over a year in advance, I would have to, um, I would have to take a 50% deposit to make that hundred grand in the first year. And to do that, I reverse engineered that. And I said, okay, how many bookings is that per month that I needed to secure and get the deposit for that? And if they said, yes, we're keen, I, I wasn't celebrating until the money was in my, my bank account. Because then they sign a contract saying it's non-refundable if they decide to change their mind, right? Give, give or take, you know, situations. But then what happened after that was I, um, within six months, I managed to do it. Because I had a goal in mind. I remember one week I booked six weddings, and I was like, "Sweet, I've just, I've just filled my quota for the next six months. This is dope." <laughs> um, so yeah, just reverse engineering.
0: All right. So just to get to the the Zach facts off you. So if I reach out to hard Yaka, yep, I'll reach out and say, like, show them a. a I'll basically film a TikTok that they would actually like whatever like a example of what i would do for them type thing and yes. then i'd say a thousand dollars per post and there'd be five posts over a space of two months is that like realistic type thing or is that undercharging or overcharging um i would say
1: give it a go and see what they say but you need to have the initial financial goals in place to answer your own question so if you say it's too much or too little, I can't answer that because I don't know your financial goals in a 12-month period. That's so well, yeah. that's, that's it. That's the bottom line. Like like if you if you have a target to aim for, you have a better better result to hit it. If you don't have a target to aim for, you're going to be guessing and second-guessing yourself with what your value is worth because everybody's priceless you know, you only live once. Everybody should, everybody has the capability of making a billion dollars and how to make a billion dollars is like this. You get a product and this is something that I've just, I've, I've, I've read about. I haven't done it yet, but uh, you have a product and you sell it to someone and then you sell your second product to them. If they buy the second product really quickly, that means your first product is like it's ready for everybody else in that market. You, you got to scale it. Then after you sell the second product, um, you know, you see what happens with the third one and then you're away. You just, you just multiply that however many more times you need for a billion. And then you sell that model to someone and there's your exit. So going back to the hard yucca thing, if you have five posts over two months, you know, that's what's that? Eight weeks less than uh, one post per week on your channel, let's say you've got other brands that you're sponsored with as well. One tip I definitely recommend people do is don't, don't alienate your audience full of sponsored ads. One or two a month, maybe three uh, uh, at best, or I would go um, 80, 20. So every four videos, you can do the fifth video as a sponsored post, um, but make sure that it doesn't look like an ad. You can't just go buy this product because I'm on it. You know, you got to talk about it, but, uh, back to the rates question, you need to make sure that you know your worth and then give it a go. Thousand bucks per post, $5,000 for the next two months, give it a go. See what they say, but that's only one package. What are the other two packages that you can give them a little bit of leeway? What happens if they want to just do one post? What happens if it's three posts? Best case scenario, what if they want to do 10 posts? What if they want to do two a week? Obviously, you're not going to say yes to that because that breaks that rule that I recommend. What if it's one a week, right? What if you go to the next level and say, hey, do you need someone to manage your hard yakka TikTok account? That's what I do. <laughs> and there's way more money in that than uh, doing sponsored posts on your own channel. And uh, and that's what I've done. So.
0: All right, so I've got you. I've listened to everything you said. I've got the whole reverse engineering thing. All I want to know is if you do reach out to a brand, I know you're saying it's what I think I'm worth, but I want—I don't. You know, if I think I'm worth ten thousand dollars per pose, more than likely the marketing person's going to laugh at you. Go, you're not worth ten thousand. Why do they think? Why do they think that you're not worth ten thousand? Well, basically, what I'm trying to get out of you is basically what is a realistic because you say you're going to start an agency so if i might be reaching out to you in the future as like somebody to set me up i don't know basically what is a realistic rate that ma- marketing people are accepting at the moment and stuff like that
1: it differs it, there's, there's a range It ranges between someone someone lowball not lowballed me but someone quoted me eight hundred dollars the other day and I closed a a deal for five grand just yesterday for a post. So it's 5,000
0: per post.
1: Well, I can do more than that. It's just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm still playing the game. I'm still always testing. I'm seeing American negotiating social media gurus saying that I can make more than 10 grand a post. Right. And you know, like this time last year, I was charging, $4,000 per wedding. Now I'm charging over 9,000, right? So it actually, it actually, the more you charge doesn't really necessarily come down to knowing your worth. It's coming down to knowing how much your time is worth, which is technically the same thing, I guess. But if your sales pipeline, which means how booked you are in advance, if your sales pipeline is two years, You can afford to play real high and go, I'm going to do this next collaboration. The next collaboration uh, request I get via email, I'm going to quote quote 10 grand. And if they say no, fuck it, right? But then if you have packages, they can't say yes or no. They have an option. Again, fear of rejection, get over it. Because fear of missing out, FOMO, shouldn't be fear of missing out on a client it should be the fear of missing out on a bigger client more than anything in the world. And when I realized that I was like, Holy crap, you're right. And that example was solidified with when I booked a wedding for three hours down South uh, last year in November, a week later someone had won the same date for a full day wedding in Perth for three times the price. So I missed out on a bigger client because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take the three-hour three, three hour one because it's right there right now. Yeah, 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 I'll take it. I missed out on triple the money for that day, you know? Um, but because I had integrity and I didn't bail on that first client, said, oh, sorry, someone offered more, I actually ended up getting a second wedding out of that first wedding. So, you know, play the game and look at the people who you're dealing with, and if you go you know what, this agency is actually a pretty good agency. I'm going to give them a little bit of a discount. I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to give them a little bit of a discount because I want to build rapport with this brand because I'm, I feel like they could give me more work cons- ongoing. And, and that's, that's a hard one to master because charity actually gives you the best return on investment. You doing stuff for free can eventually lead to you getting a huge job. Huge job. And that's where creating content on your page for free, for fun, to practice, to, cre- to create your resume, your highlight reel in your TikTok or Instagram, people go, man, he's already made this content. Let's make this a spark ad. Actually, let's see if we can make another five more for $1,000 each. Or well, let's see what his rates are. Then you pull the trigger. So it is really more a case by case basis. And this is what I mean by don't message people the same template that you get you couldn't actually do your research you got to go into every brand and go right what are they worth what's a campaign that they've done and their, their average spend was reach out to other influencers who have done previous campaigns with hard yakka and gone, hey how much do they pay you some of them have an mda and they're not allowed to say but you know it's worth a try do your research you don't have to respond to them straight away um, Or do the caveman and go, what's your budget? If they give it up straight away, then you're ready to party. Um, but also in saying that, when you do find out their budget, never aim for the most. Let's say you wanna you want to give get as much money as you can and they say their budget's 10 grand. Don't just go, oh yeah, 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 I could do it for 10 grand. Give them different packages leading up to that 10 grand and maybe go five hundred or a thousand dollars below the 10 grand so then they feel like they're saving money with you you know it's just different tactics try them all try all of them so yeah I answer your question
0: yeah i've got enough information i think i have to re-listen to the to the whole thing <laughs> Sorry. again
1: i just go on rants so i go on tangents and stuff i listen to a lot of jordan peterson so he's he's the goat of tangents yeah. um Just to give you a little bit more though, um, for you personally, uh, like a coaching thing, I would start with a baseline figure, let's say 500 bucks, right? Something that you're comfortable with. If they reject you for that, then it's not because you're not worth 500. It's because you haven't given them enough value for them to go. Yes, that's worth it. So it really depends on how you word your Leverage, word, word your situation. It's uh, most of these agencies and brands look at numbers. So, how many followers does this guy have? Oh, he's got 10,000 followers. He'll be cheap. Oh, he's got 200,000 followers. All right. It's going to be m- probably worth more than $1,000. There's no right answer for this. They're all right answers. There's no wrong answers for this. It really depends on what you see your worth and what you portray your worth and if they see what that worth is. So, Start with 500 and go, sweet, I've done that. I've gotten a job for 500. Never go below. Don't do it. Do it again. And then going back to that sales pipeline thing, if your three-month sales pipeline, go up to 600, 1,000, whatever. If you get rejected more than, let's say, 60% of the time, and then your red line is catching up to you where your sales pipeline is less than a month, Then you might have to start to either, one, look at your negotiation skills or your pitch deck or your rate card or whatever it is that you send to them and say, where is this going wrong? And then go back and, you know, back to the drawing board. But if that sales pipeline is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I sure as hell hope that you're increasing your rates because I'm seeing people still offer peanuts and they're booked out for the next six months in any industry they're in, it's like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> Work smarter, not harder, right? Going from 40 weddings two years ago or last year to 20 weddings next year and making more money next year than last year, yeah, that's the difference. And I have more time to do other stuff. So there's a whole formula involved.
0: All right. Can I ask this question? You can not answer if you want. The Red Rooster campaign, can you tell me that? Like how many posts do you have to do and how much you actually get for it?
1: Uh, for my, on my own account or
0: me managing their account? Oh, so you're managing theirs. I've, all I've seen is your Red Rooster one and I thought straight away, I was like, how much does he charge and how much does he actually get for this? Like, so yeah. I can think in the future for myself.
1: So with Red Rooster, the, there is a, there is a NDA for the me me getting paid by them to help for their accounts. Yeah. Um, um, but for my own personal stuff, it started off with, um, I think it was like 1200 bucks back when I had less than, I think 350,000 followers. And then they said, um, can you put it on Instagram as well? And I just said, yep, repurpose fee is this. And they said, yep. And I was like, sick. And then I looked at their TikTok account. I was like, you guys have got 182 followers. Do you guys need someone to manage this? And they're like, yep. Yeah. Can you do it? I was like, yeah, sick. Um, all i say is, is very, very high, high numbers they pay. Um, yeah. But for me, my own personal stuff. Yeah. Um, it started out with 1200 bucks. My personal best is six, five for a campaign. Uh, not with Red Rooster, someone else, but um, yeah, it's just it just goes up. It's just a ma- it's just a matter of how how much you want it and how desperate you are. If you if you're more desperate, the, your negotiations are going to be a little bit shit because yeah. you know you're vulnerable. But if you don't care and you don't care about loss of income, potential income, then know your worth. Um, especially if they reach out to you, you have all the leverage. Yeah. Firstly, if you reach out to them, they have all the leverage, right? Yeah so um you need to put the ball in their court as quickly as possible it's like dating you don't ask a chick out you ask her which place does she want to go to that's it give her options not a yes no just like business
0: did red rooster initially hit you up or did you hit them up yeah yeah yeah
1: red rooster hit me up and they said hey we like your chicken wing technique can you do that with our new spicy chicken wings i was like yeah sick um i remember when mcdonald's hit me up for uh, an event for um for adventure world they invited me to an event and i was like oh yeah cool this will be fun what, what do you want me to do that like, oh you know hang out with the staff all this and that and yeah just enjoy the night and i was like sweet sounds good yeah i'll em- email you the details and uh we'll see you there and i was like sweet by the way, before you go, who do I send the invoice to? <laughs> so they thought that they escaped the, you know, the, <laughs> they, they got me for free, but no, no, no. put the, where do I send the invoice to? And that's when they asked me for my rates. It's all it's all a chess game. And if they reach out to you, you have all the leverage. And you can kind of see it in the email I've learned this from when I was a personal trainer with business, wedding photographer. It's the way they word, If they don't really include your name or talk about your content specifically, it's a cut and paste and they're just chopping around. Don't waste too much time with them and don't get too disheartened if they say no. They're probably looking for the cheapest option anyway. And you got to stay strong and not be that person. You can still experiment though and say, right, I'm going to play with this one, and give them different options, try something new out, and see what they do. If they say yes, then sweet, you win. If they say no, oh well, on to the next one. There'll always be a next one if you're con- continuing producing content. Um, I've had KFC hit me up and I said, sorry, I'm in, I'm in with Red Rooster. <laughs> uh unfortunately i can't do this with you because you're probably want an exclusivity like everybody else does um and i've had other out of out of hospitality um industries hit me up and said we want exclusivity and i said yes yeah, sweet it's going to cost you extra though because there's a lot more money on the table with your competitors if i do that with them as well um yeah know your worth and put the ball in their court because if they come to you and say, hey, Sev, really love your content. We really love this video. Um, we really feel that you're aligning with our brand. Here's what we have to do. If you want to call me anytime or set up a Zoom call, we'd love to chat about it more. That is a really good example of what you want to hear um, from an email coming to you because they've done their research. They've, they're doing it properly. They don't Because a lot of agencies, most of them, they just have lists of all the emails, of all the creators, what their rough following is, what their rough budget is that they've given away. Because they're all, they all talk to each other, I think. Some of them do. And then I've seen the lists and there's so much inconsistency. I've seen people with two, three million followers who are charging 1500 bucks. And I've seen people who have 3000, sorry, 300,000 followers who are charging four or five grand and people are hiring them. So <laughs> it's fucked. It's all over the place. Um, but it's because most of these people are not business savvy and they don't know how to negotiate. And that's where I come in as well as an agency person. I want to help influencers do better with that because at the end of the day, all of them want to become full-time content creators. Yeah. But their negotiation and business skills do not have them ready for it. They're popular. They're good looking. They're funny, whatever. They have value. But when it comes to the finance side, there's no real target for them to hit they're just winging it and then five years later they get spit out and say oh i did that for a little while didn't work out but yeah it didn't work out because it just didn't have a target so when do you start your agency uh it's technically already going um it's just i haven't announced it yet because i'm just finalizing a few of the back-end things get my logos today, which is really cool. And um, I've got a few templates, onboarding templates, pitch decks, briefing templates that I'm creating for influencers to get them on board. And my approach is going to be a little bit different to most agencies as well. Um, And I'll give you the scoop. I'm doing uh, something where I'm not really interested in their influence on their end. I'm interested in their videos. If they can create videos for me to post on my end, that's it. It's not really more of a uh, marketing, uh, an influence marketing campaign. It's more of a you're good with the camera, create content for me, and I'll pay you for your time. You don't have to post anything on your end. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really want to see how that plays out because I firmly believe that I reckon I could do a better job hiring people who are micro influencers. Um, the definition of that is anyone with less than 10,000 followers, I guess. Um, and who are just just doing it for fun still because they put more effort into it. Whereas bigger influencers I see nowadays, they take the piss and the product sucks. Mainly because they don't really use it often. Like a sort of V, you know, V energy, the, yep. the drink. The- energy drink. So this- yeah, yeah. I saw a few of these influencers do this uh, in their campaign, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is this? This is terrible." People and and people have paid for this content. It sucks. Um, it's just what I'm seeing, you know. And then there's me. I'm going, "Damn, I would have done a way better job," but I don't drink B. I barely drink Red Bull, so you know, Red Bull would be a cool sponsor, but um, be more for uh, adventure stuff. Not not drinking the Red Bull. Um but yeah it's just it's just the intent i like working with people that aren't up themselves you know who doesn't and who have that flexibility of more time and going yeah oh sweet someone's wanting me to make content for them absolutely you get them early enough and they're yours for life i guess it's like uh finding good draft picks in the nba or the footy
0: all right so here's a question so if i was to become a client of yours or something like that, if you're interested. So you're saying, would you get, just wait, so it's going to be in a couple of parts. Because what you've said is you'd get me to make content for your page, but would you also set up the sponsorships for my page? How would your um, agency work there?
1: So the way that I've approached it um, is two different ways. One is you just creating content for me. yeah. you just create content for me from, you know, the people around you and yourself. And you're more of a, a talent than an influencer, like an actor, a body. The other way is we do the influencer side, but you also make an alternative video, which is very similar, but just um, exclusive to my channel. Because what I've noticed with clients is they repost influencers um, posts that they put on their end and they do poorly on the brand side because it's re—it's it's a copy, it's a duplicate. And TikTok doesn't like that. I, I have this superstition theory that they flag a, a, as a duplicate, they don't like it. Um, the, the problem to solve there is create an alternative video so that it's not exactly the same and just push it out at the same time, or depending on budget uh, from whoever it is, um, that I'm dealing with spark adds the video of the other person. And that's, that's the play. So I would get you to do videos for me for whatever I think that you'd be good for and give it a go first, a couple of one, one video to trial with, to see how one, you do it without me having to re redo it. Like ask you, can you re edit this for me? And, um, two, to see if you liked it because I'm not putting anyone on a retainer until they tell me that they enjoyed making that content and it was actually good content. Um, Worst case is they made really good content, but they really didn't enjoy it. But they see the money in it and then they do it anyway. But the deadline is pushed back because they don't really enjoy doing it. And that's a shit show. Um, Another one is if they really enjoyed doing it, And the content was shit and I have to tell them how to change it, which is more of my time, you know, but it's all these challenges of becoming an agency, becoming a, an influencer manager, I guess. Um, It also comes down to the coaching as well. So coaching them how to tell a story properly, how to hook an audience in, how to keep them engaged and how to have a, a conclusion that gets people to where I want them to go, whether it's a follow or a, a booking or a purchase it's a hard one without being too much of an ad um, that and also the business skills that i help my creators with because <laughs> the number one question is what are you doing with your time right now to buy more time back in the future
0: that's it yeah. well that was awesome we definitely <laughs> we went well over time it's normally a 40 minute podcast but I think Sorry, handling. That <laughs> oh, was too much value. There's a lot of value I was getting out of here, so that, yeah, I enjoyed that. I think Nothing. I think I'm definitely going to rewatch this one and learn some new stuff every time I rewatch it. Hey, where can everybody find you online? Um, you can find me at Sevspics S E V S P I
1: C S on Instagram and uh, TikTok. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Siva Morzhayev. Uh, s-e-v-a-m-o-z-h-a-e-v and there's also a youtube channel floating around called the sevo show and there's also a podcast by the same name and that's it, it says sevspicks.com go there that's going to be new very soon relaunched currently still live but yeah and uh yeah hit me up in the dms email me you know where to go start from instagram or tiktok
0: sweet and anything you want to leave the audience with anything at
1: all life's too short to do something that you don't like and when you do something that you don't like later on you'll regret it because you will feel like you've wasted your life so if you're in a position to be able to change that do it if you're not in a position to change that you're wrong
0: awesome (laughs) that was a good one all right cool well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Did you have fun?
1: I had fun. Absolutely. Love the questions. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how you go with uh,
0: the episode and what you do with it. Awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. Massive thanks for Seb for coming on the show. And I'd like to thank you, the listener or watcher for watching. Please tell a friend about the podcast. Have a fantastic day. All right. Bye.